there, Glocal Citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, coming to you with part two of my conversation with Kai Adderley. In our last episode, Kai told us all about his path from scholar-athlete to leader in school leadership, as well as some twists and turns in between. And this week, we're going to continue the conversation talking about Kai's travels and his transition into the sports management world. A little bit of background about Kai in case you missed it, but please go back. There are always such good episodes and also check the show notes if you haven't already. Kai is a leadership and education expert. He's a mentor, a super connector, and a networking guru. He is a persistent link between people and their dreams. He has conducted school reviews and training for teachers and principals on three continents, North America, South America, and Africa, working to increase the number of quality schools and leaders available to low-income children worldwide. He has been a leader in the education sector for 20 years and has more recently pivoted in the direction of sports management. Coming from a family known for professional athletes, he is no stranger to sports and operations. He was an All-American high school and collegiate runner at Georgetown University, going on to run as an Olympic hopeful before hanging up his spikes to focus on giving back to the communities that raised him. So let's pick up the conversation with Kai Adderley. You did some great things down there. How long were you in Brazil? Yeah, so full-time from 2011. Lived there until the end of 2016. So a good five years full-time in Brazil. And you were in Rio or? Rio de Janeiro. Worked with a couple of different organizations Mm -hmm. in Brazil. Ended up getting married right before. That's a whole other crazy story, but... uh, (laughs) I got married when I decided I was going to move to Brazil. Okay. I asked my current wife now of yeah. 12, 11 years. Okay. Um, the day yeah. I was moving, I was like, we should get married today. And so we went to a courthouse in Queens and got married. <laughs> wow. And then she joined you later. <laughs> and then she ended up joining me later oh, in wow. Brazil. <laughs> she founded and co-founded a nonprofit there called Play Life. Okay. Which is a expression actually from jazz, which uh-huh. I have a, if people pay attention or, or know jazz, I have a jazz last name. I have a great relative, Cannonball Adderley, who oh, yes. uh, played with Miles Davis and Coltrane. So, you know, jazz is always a big part of our life mm-hmm. uh, and music in general, because guess what? It teaches a lot of the same things that sports does, right? Yes. The discipline and the... Yes. The characteristics to be good at that, you know, really take a lot. But something, an expression, a famous quote from jazz is what we play is life. When asked that question, that was a a response. And so that was the saying and how we came up with the name play life. Mm -hmm. What we play is life. And now we're talking about sports, but from sports, Mm -hmm. you're learning life lessons. Mm -hmm. And so my wife, who Shanna, who played soccer at a high level, got to Brazil and thought, oh, my God, I'm going to play soccer like I've never played before and realized that women were not encouraged yes. to play the sports or play exactly. soccer. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this is not OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she mm-hmm. took a soccer ball and went to a field mm-hmm. in a favela area, you know, that is considered uh, under-resourced community and started kicking the ball and invited girls to play and it turned into a big program we added basketball because again as you remember that was my love yeah uh and it was a sport that the kids 
didn't have exposure to. So we right. had the basketball boys and we had the soccer girls. Okay. And, and we taught them the sports. We taught yeah. them English. So they had English classes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they also had character and mental, you know, development. Sure. So, you know, in Brazil, it's like, the lessons I learned as a kid, you know, growing up, what I trans would transfer to Georgetown, it transferred to teaching, it transferred to my after school amp squared program, it transferred to kid. But you know, everything it, it, was, it was like the same kind of melting pot of ingredients, yeah, showing up in different places. Sure. So, so you know, in Brazil, I had to learn Portuguese. Another very difficult thing to learn Portuguese in my late thirties. Right. Uh, you know, we're now fluent yeah. Portuguese speakers. And and that was a great experience. And my daughter was born in Brazil during during the World Cup. Uh, and that's oh, a, wow. a great experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, now she's nine years old and she goes to school and she says, I have two passports. And, right. You know, I speak other <laughs> languages and I was born in Brazil. Yeah. Um, and now she's starting to, you know, play soccer, organize. So, sure. you know, again, all of these ingredients you know make up your journey and and it's, i just just had a, a blessed journey a blessed network of people around me which is why you know again to your question that's why i do what i do i, mm-hmm. I love being around these folks mm-hmm. but i also love sharing so that i can receive as well right sure. so right. so you know you have to you have to to be a good listener you have to be there for other people and hopefully you know people do that for you um i've had great mentors as i've mentioned my coach gagliano you know outside of my immediate family uh derek thompson who was my high school coach and now you know still mentor father kemp someone at georgetown a professor who i talk to today you know i still talk to you know who talks to their professors mm. from 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 college you know we yeah. talk probably we text probably every day and talk you know weekly nice. um, and, and i try to see them as much as i can now that i'm back in the u.s so you know you gotta keep great people wise people people you aspire to be like around you right and, and then watch what happens you know listen sure. to what happens feel sure. what happens so anyway, that led to my deep dive into leadership consulting. You know, so okay. I started my own company, moved mm-hmm. to Brazil and said, OK, I'm a leadership coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I learned from other coaches and other coaches said, hey, come to South Africa. We're doing a project, you know, called Ed mm-hmm. Village. And I worked in South Africa for years um, with, with Ed Village and you know, again, just learning and wanting to learn and w- wanting to assist at all times right that's education in my opinion and then sports is part of it that comes naturally with it as well and while in brazil i was assisting with development of sports in the country Uh, and so that's where my worlds kind of collided in terms of being a consultant and say okay i consult in the education space and in the sports space Mm. and and Mm -hmm. to me they're the same spaces Mm, you know, there's mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. there's nuances, of course, to them, but mm-hmm. they're they're the same. You know, any sure. any kid, if you want to uh, get their attention, I won't say any, but most kids, right? In Utah, you know, like you ask, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Every kid has an idea of what profes- type of professional athlete they want to be. Yeah. So it's a way, it's an attention grabber. It's sure. A hook. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So you're in Brazil, and I want to ask my local speak question in the context of Brazil, but I also want to know how you came back from living in Brazil to being back in Philly, because you were in New York and then you moved. So let's take a, a brief pivot to ask about local speak, and I want to know specifically about Brazil. I know you have local speak other places, and maybe in Philly. We want to hear what you hear or heard. So I ask you to share a word, a phrase, or saying that was 
as an interesting part of your local experience and how you come to value that as global speak. Great. Uh, so if I understand this correctly um, mm-hmm. and, and definitely push me towards where you want me to get to, because I, sure. I can pull from a few different places. But uh-huh. you know, I think number one is that AMP, right? That always mentally ah, prepared. Yeah. That is just something, again, it's tattooed on me, but it's just with me everywhere I go. Sure. To learn Portuguese, to be in a foreign country, to make new friends at, you know, 37, 36, 38, yeah. 39 years old. Yeah. You know, getting married, moving out the country, moving my life. Uh, you have to have a strong mental capacity to deal with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. I don't know how else to say it. You know, you have to be grounded in your mental fortitude. Sure. So I I can't pass by the opportunity to share that phrase and that saying, always mentally prepared, mm-hmm. being excited about being in Brazil, being excited about learning Portuguese. If you can't do that, then you probably need to pivot and do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not excited for what you do, you know, I wake up and I'm in love with the work I do. I don't think of it like, oh, I have to go to work. It's just what I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I have to organize it so that I get paid. Right. Number yeah. one. <laughs> But <laughs> but it is a necessary part of life to be passionate and show your passion for what and who you love. Yes. So with that, you know, I'll share that. And in, in addition, I would add a few words to it to be, you know, relentless also. Right. Mm. Being relentless about your goals and your passions is something that only you can do. You know, it's Mm, something that, mm -hmm. you know, no one else is going to be as excited about the things you do more than you are. Uh, And I share that with people I coach, uh, you know, from kids to adults all the time. I say, look, I shouldn't be excited to walk into your school building. I mean, more excited than you are. (laughs) Right. This is your school building. You're leading this school. Yeah. You know, you need to people need to see that. And, you know, I should feel it. Right. I shouldn't have to ask you to go and practice and ask you to, hey, did you run today? Sure. You should be calling me saying, hey, coach, when are we? You know, what's the workout today? What are we going to do? You know, and I might say, hey, wait, we will see. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that if, if you're passionate about something, you're relentless with it. Mm-hmm. And so that is the other word, you know, I would okay. share. Okay. Uh, and then lastly would be appreciative. Mm. Uh, you have to, you know, spend that time reflecting, thinking, giving thanks to the journey. Mm-hmm. And I think it, if you are able to do that, and I'm not able to do it all the time. You know, I'm not perfect in no way or form. But when I remember to be good at what I do, I remember to be thank- very, very appreciative and thankful for yeah. the journey, the people along the way. I have lifelong friends from every single step of my journey. People wonder, they're like, what? You're still friends with so-and-so? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. You know, they, They've impacted me in such a way. Why would I ever let them go? Yeah. Um, So those are the words I would share. Okay. Okay. And I I really like that sentiment. Why would you ever let them go? Because that's a really good point to make is that, you know, these relationships, we do have to do some work and we do have to be committed to understanding and remembering why we're grateful that we have the people that are in our lives and our lives. So thank you for that. Okay. So that's good. That's global speak. That's global speak, I like to say. And and, (laughs) and so now, now take us from Brazil to Philly. How did you get there? Yeah. 
Yeah, so without going into all of the details, living in Brazil is, is wonderful as it was and, and it seems also comes with its challenges yeah one can imagine uh one you know the extreme poverty there is just really mm-hmm. sad right mm-hmm. two to see uh, a place where the majority of africans were taken to in, in mm-hmm. slavery mm-hmm. living in such conditions was also very sad to be in a place and feel racism stronger than i've ever felt anywhere was very challenging to deal with daily as well. So being a black man in Brazil came with some challenges as well, some really serious challenges. So I remember coming back to the U.S. and landing in in the U.S. and sometimes just kind of sitting back and taking a deep sigh of relief because of the burden that you carry with you just being in Brazil um, and, and living amongst the poverty the racism, the sexism that existed was, it got to the point, you know, and I have a lot of friends that were expats there and, he, and a lot of them share that, hey, you've got to take it in doses. You know, you need a break sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I can imagine, yeah. I can imagine yeah. that might be anywhere for anyone, but yes. as, a, as an American and a black American dealing with, you know, the racism and the social injustices that happen in this country. Right. Uh, to go to another country yes. and, and experience them as well and learn the nuances of, of that system's racism, yeah. there was an exhaustion that came with that as well. Yeah, I And so I, it got to the point where, you know, my wife and I decided that the benefits were not outweighing the risks. Mm-hmm. You know, our daughter was now two mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. The country had gone through great transitions uh, hosting the World oh, Cup, right, right. Uh, hosting the Olympics in right. 2016, which mm-hmm. is one of my greatest experiences sure. in my life, being imagine. part of that. But we got to the point, you know, where we looked at what the country was offering from a financial situation. You know, the, the economy was really not going, doing great in Brazil. So I was working outside of the country and coming back to live mm-hmm. in Brazil mm-hmm. so I could earn U.S. dollars and mm-hmm. other, you know, places. Family was here. Uh, obviously, you talk about a network of people that you yep. care about and influence you. Um, you know, a lot of folks, for a lot of folks, that's their immediate family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, you know, a little bit of missing, you know, my mother who now lives with us. So oh, nice. I get to see her every day, but, you know, going <laughs> Stretches and stretches and stretches of time, uh, you know, months, years without seeing her, uh, without her seeing her grandkid. Anyway, you know, so so all of these things kind of combined again, like when you listen and pay attention, you know, we kind of looked at each other and were like, why are we here still? Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. and that's when we knew it was this time, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like, oh, we had this master plan and a spreadsheet and like, okay, in this year, we're going to do this, that, and the other. It was like, we sat back, we listened to what was going on in our sure. lives and yeah. and heard the calling to leave. Yeah. Uh, and so we moved to New York, not knowing necessarily where we wanted to end up because we both had flexible jobs and could really okay. live anywhere. And we're thinking like, where do we go? Where do we go? And we were able to you know, kind of have a home base in New York with some family that was there and some support that was there that allowed us to not have to make a hard decision yet sure. in terms of like, oh, go buy a house in D.C. and live yeah. in D.C. Yeah. So while we came back, New York was like the transition place, right? You can get anywhere. You can earn yeah. good money in New York. Yeah. Um, there were some job opportunities that were interesting. And it was just like, yeah, well, let's see, let's see, let's see. And then it was like, wait a minute, do you? See how expensive New York is? 
So we were like, let's get out of here. Right. That too. You know, that we considered too. like, hey, New York is the place. Like, we're just going to yeah. both love New York. We'll just yeah. love New York. And I was like, how much for parking? How much for groceries? Yeah. Uh, I had to ride the subway everywhere, even in the rain. You know, it, it yeah. just got to be like, okay, yeah. this city is getting to be a, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, particularly with a young child and with yeah. a young child. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. one day she came home and you know, I maybe went to Macy's or something and had the bags and the stroller and there was no elevator at this you know, 96th Street station, so she had to go to extra stop <laughs> and then walk back and it was raining and it was just like, "Oh my god, we're both we professionals go. like, yeah. We need a, a driveway. We can pull up and you're home." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as much as we love New York, it just you know, with a growing family, it just didn't seem to make as much sure. sense anymore. And so, you know, as we were looking and looking and looking all over, long story short, we my grandmother bought a home in the 50s when they migrated north from the south mm-hmm. uh, that my mother grew up in, that my uncle was the last living relative that was living in there. And when he passed away, there wasn't any interest from anyone in the family to keep the house or do anything with the house. Mm. Uh, And so we looked at it as an opportunity to reinvest in the community I grew up in, keep a family house, you know, in the family. Yeah. Uh, And so we went and did our HGTV uh, series. (laughs) And it is not like the television show. (laughs) It's not, <laughs> not like it really? at all. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's a whole nother episode, right? Uh, yeah. I could tell you stories of just contractors and just yeah. nonsense and what yeah. to what not to do. And actually, my wife ended up transitioning her career and, and getting a real estate license a lot based on what we did with that house and what we learned and what we saw was going on in the Philadelphia community and all right. the New Yorkers who were running to Philadelphia. Right, right. <laughs> because yeah. the cost it's of living is just yeah. so much more affordable. You know, sure. you can, anyway, you know, you can just live a lot better more comfortably, quality, sure. not spend as much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get to New York in an hour and 20 minutes, which right. I actually think I have to do later today, but that's Uh-oh. another story. Okay. <laughs> Good. That's how I got back. And it's funny, one of the schools that I was supporting, I was coaching their their CEO there at a new startup charter school and talk about full circle again. You know, I've been blessed with these life experiences and opportunities based on relationships. And so I had a kid who went to my KIPP school in the Bronx. Their family moved to Philadelphia. She was graduating college, but her younger brother was in the fourth grade at this new charter school. So the mom calls me up one day and says, hey, next time you're in town, can you come by and maybe help support this school? And so it turned out that I ended up getting a consulting deal to coach the leader at that school for about a year and a half. And then when that leader left, the board asked me to run the school. And so for the last six and a half years, I've been running a K to eight running and growing a K to eight charter school now is now K to eight in Philadelphia and, and recently stepped down from that to focus back on my consulting life in the education and sports world. Uh, okay. more fully. All right. So that's where we are now. That's <laughs> so that's where, where we, are, where we now. are now. Yes, exactly. So give us a little bit more insights on that. So you've now come back and I love your story. I mean, it's just, it all just kind of fits like the puzzle just pieces we used to together. Get. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. now you just got back from this whole new life. Tell us, tell us about what you're doing now and what you're so, 
so what I'm doing right now, again, I'm continuing the education leadership consulting. So I'm working with education and nonprofit leaders Mm -hmm. in different cities, helping them understand leadership, build organizations, turn around organizations. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's working to get better. So I help people Mm -hmm. get better. Mm -hmm. While I was... When I moved back to the U.S., my nephew was an up-and-coming football star, and my uncle Herb was a Hall of Fame football player, mm-hmm. great mentor of mine as well. And so Herb Adderley was mentoring Nasir Adderley, right? It's just like, again, these stories of mentoring and, and family is what it's all about. So, so the great is mentoring the young. And here I am in the middle, you know, Uncle Kai. My nephew gets, you know, college scholarship, ends up getting drafted to the NFL. He's, you know, gone his professional career. And I remember, you know, Herb always saying to me, you know, yes, we're great athletes. Our family has shown that we're able to perform on the fields, on the courts, on the tracks, everywhere else. We need to get into the business of sports also. Mm. He would always talk about mm-hmm. that. We, we need to get into the business of sports. We need to get into the business of sports. His daughter, Tony, is a, um, a, has children who also were athletes. And also, we would have these conversations about getting into the business of sports. And, you know, the other you know, because we're passionate about sports. So again, it's like you do the things you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so anyway, that led me to get my agent license. Okay. And and, and really the goal was to get into sports, you know, get sure. into the business of sports. But also yeah. with my nephew being in the NFL, I said, well, if I have an agent license, I could probably help him throughout his career and, right. and maybe give him resources or share things with him from an agent business perspective that a lot of players don't have access to. So I was like, wow, this would be cool. And that kind of just blossomed and led to my deep passion for sports, you know, hanging out more at different sporting events around different athletes and coaches and people in the sports world. And I was at a dinner with a Georgetown friend celebrating her birthday and happy to be sitting at the table with some guys who are part of uh, Cash Money Records, Maven Sports Group. And after a few conversations and they heard you know, some of the stories that I'm telling you here today, mm-hmm. they said, man, you should come work with us. You know, and, and I said, OK, uh, let's do it. <laughs> and, and so, you know, they invited me to be the vice president of sports for Maven Sports Group, which is, uh, you know, it's Cash Money Records uh, sports division. So Slim, who is a you know one of the co-founders, along yep. with Birdman Baby, mm-hmm. with Cash Money, they're, you know, they're very great business minds and they're mm-hmm. behind a lot of businesses that people don't know about. And, mm-hmm. and one of them is, again, their passion for sports. So they help athletes build their brands. Yeah. Uh, build their careers and, and manage their lives. Um, and I said, well, that's what I've been doing my whole life anyway. Right. Pretty so much, again, it's right. like, it's it not fits. work. It's just like what I do. Yeah. And so our philosophy is pretty much lined up. And, and so I've been, you know, there's a learning curve as well, obviously, sure. you know, mm-hmm. learning the business of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so I've been using my relationships over all the different paths that I've taken, you know, in the education space and in the sports space, and they're all just coming together now beautifully. Mm. And I'm, again, you know, still in a situation where I'm helping kids. I'm helping kids that look Mm -hmm. like me. Mm -hmm. I'm helping kids and things that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Education plays a big part in it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just sign a contract. You need to read it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, part of being a professional athlete is, you know, reading these contracts and knowing what name, image and likeness is all about and branding is all about. And it's just a blessing for me to be able to help people or assist people, support people and the things that I love. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and because of my journey, I have great resources. I can pick up the phone and call people that know way more than I know. Right. (laughs) Right. And put it to work. Put it to work. So, you know, kids start expressing their interest in sports very young. You know, so I work with kids and families, you know, my youngest client or or part, I like to call them partners, not clients. Mm -hmm. My my, my youngest partner right now is 14 years old. Mm. And, you know, parents and kids are thinking about sports and life and future. I work partner with, as I like to say, instead of clients, right? Because everybody is still responsible for their own results. That's Mm -hmm. always what I share with leaders or anybody I work with. And people talk about accountability and holding people accountable. And Mm -hmm. for me, the way I think about accountability is only you can hold yourself accountable. No one else can hold you accountable to anything. If you do not want to do something, you're not going to do it no matter what Mm -hmm. someone may try to put in place so that you do. So anyway, I like to partner with people so that, or or at least use that language so that they understand they have a big part of the responsibility in in Mm -hmm. getting things done and being successful. Right. So we partner, I partner with kids and families from middle school years all the way through, you know, to professional and beyond. And, And that's a big part of what we do. So how does it work with having an agent at those early ages? So can you have real agent representation or not? Because I thought it was the threshold. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on the sport and and it's not necessarily that I act as an agent for all of the partners that I work with. Got it. Some of them, it's solely a a coaching relationship. Some of them, it's an advising relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another great Georgetown friend, Danny Fazio, runs a college counseling program where she works with families as young as middle school as well to prepare the kids on a track so that they can get into the best Mm -hmm. colleges of their Mm -hmm. child's ability. Okay. From an academic standpoint. Yeah. So what I like to share and to help folks think about it is a lot of the work I do as well is very similar. So mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. people can easily imagine what a college counseling program looks like. You know, yeah. how do you prepare for the SATs and what tests should you take and what books should you read and what, you know, uh, practice tests should you practice on, you know, those types of things, what camps to go to, what summer camp, you know. And so with sports, it's very similar. You know, parents and kids are just as interested, just as early. And I advise them in a similar fashion. So it might be that I say, hey, you know, go join your club track team in your neighborhood, you know, or Mm -hmm. in the summer, these are the things you should be doing. Or it might be me actually taking on the family as a coach, right? And mm-hmm. saying, hey, these are the workouts you need to be doing. You know, mm-hmm. if you're serious about mm-hmm. basketball or track or wrestling at this level, these are the mm-hmm. things that professionals do. Sure. You know, just like sure. with the academic side, if you want to go to Georgetown, if you want to go to Harvard, if you want to go to UCLA, these are the things you have to do to get to those mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. So that is a you know consulting service that, that, that I provide. And then to your question about the representation, Two answers to that. And, and some of, sometimes it depends on the sports. You'll see teenagers, you know, that go pro in different sports, mm-hmm. uh, tennis, you know, mm-hmm. in different sports. So yeah, they do have agents. But typically as an amateur, you know, you don't have an agent as an right. amateur. 
Right. So, so until somebody is tinkering with going pro. So with those situations, we work with families. I'm almost like a you know business yeah. manager. Yeah. What are the meets you need to go to? What are the games you need to participate in or camps or mm-hmm. looking at name, image, and likeness opportunities for a kid. Like you're the biggest star in your town. Mm-hmm. You can go to the local store in your town and say, hey, can you pay me in groceries? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll and I'll make Instagram posts about your grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know that's a name, image, and likeness deal that right. a kid could um, right. have, depending on the state they live in. Sure. So we so we help families, you know, understand those laws, those the business uh, take take, yeah. take the advantage yeah. of, of the yeah. business side. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Uncle Herb said we we have to be on both sides, not just the field. Yep. Uh, and you'll hear that come up a lot, you know, 60, 70% of NFL is black and where are the black coaches, you know, and, and just about any sport, when you start looking at the business, it doesn't reflect the demographics of the people that are yeah. particularly playing the sport. So getting into that space has been a lot of fun. Obviously being with cash money Imagine. Uh, yeah. is a lot of fun. Secret, yeah. I was, I was, you know, working in Atlanta last night. <laughs> We we ended up at the Drake concert because of right. the affiliation sure. um, of Cash Money and Drake. So perks, of you know, the, job. the perks of the job, and yeah. again, it's you know the things that I'm passionate about and yeah. the opportunities that I'm able to, you know, part of I think what I bring to the table or to the opportunities is my ability to envision where these intersections happen. Mm-hmm. So I start thinking about, oh my gosh, my life in Brazil and the things I did and then my sports life and then my education life and then, you know, my family's in front, you know, and I just start mm-hmm. putting these puzzle pieces all together. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you should meet this person and you should know that person and mm-hmm. you guys can do this together and we can take this product to Brazil and, you know, push it there. Like, you know, there's, it just all just starts to flow in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, ultimate love it. dream weaving. Dream it's, weaving. It's, it is. Yeah. And, and and ultimately, you know, the tagline of my company that I started, the Adderley Group, actually is mm-hmm. taking people to where they want to go, like helping people realize their dreams. You yeah. know, that's what we do. Make We make connections so that your dreams come true. And that brings me just happiness and joy, being able to see people reach the places that they're trying to go. Yeah, yeah, and to I love think it. that I had some part of that, or made some connection, or you know, know someone that has the knowledge or resource that you might have been looking for. That's why you know Instagram and my social media handle is Kai Connects. Ah, Kai C O N N E X. Kai Connects. Father Kemp was the uh, person who gave me that name when he, you know, he kind of sat back and was like, this is what you do. Like you connect things and people all the time and, and kind of stuck. And that's what I do. I love to do. And like I said earlier, I just try to, you know, make it make sense figuratively as well. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> as, uh, as well as in the piggy bank. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. So folks, you're going to have that in the show notes with all of Kai's other contacts and information. So I want to ask you about mindset. You've talked a lot about it, but I want to know what your mindset hack is. What is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack, one that you know, one that you practice, or one that you can imagine? So this will not be revolutionary, but I do think that it is very true to me. And I think it is something that everyone should do, which is meditation. I think that the times, like I said, I'm not perfect and I mess up and miss sessions and all that, but the times when I am able to sit still and be quiet, I'm unstoppable. Mm. If I carve out space 
right? And it's not like, oh, I meditated, you know, when I was on the airplane and it was a delay. You know, you have to plan in your planner, carve out space, create a habit and routine meditating. You're able to, as you just mentioned, imagine and see things that you can't see when you're just running our daily, busy, distracted life. Mm-hmm. So the ways that I, you know, one, I do it every every single day. Uh, I do it. Uh, and I remember as a kid, my, my dad used to always tell me, go to sleep. And I'm like, what? And he'd be like, go to sleep while you're awake. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? That's good. That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great sleep. tip. Yeah. And he would say, put your... body completely at rest while you're awake. Like, like make yourself rest while you're awake. Yes. And I, you know, and I'm a 10 year old kid. I'm like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Right. You know, but, but my parents were big into yoga. Yeah. uh, Meditation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he used to always say that. And and so I started to learn to do it. We take car rides, you know, long trips Mm -hmm. and people be like, man, you can fall asleep anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I I learned really early how to go into lower, lower my heart rate, right? Yeah, just go into yeah, another yeah. zone and and put myself at rest. Put your mind at rest. Blank, yeah. you know, not think yeah. about anything else yeah. and just yeah, yeah. hear what comes. Mm-hmm. Not not say, oh, I got to mm-hmm. think about what I got to do tomorrow, you know, or I got to think about when I'm gonna leave Brazil, or I got to think about what I'm gonna do next in my career. But if you're able to silence your mind, yeah. then the answers come. Yeah. They come. Yeah. So I don't know, yeah. like I said, it's not revolutionary. It's not a hack. It is right. hard to do though. It is. It is very is, hard. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. So so you have to start with at least blocking the time for it and mm-hmm. creating a habit out of it. Mm-hmm. They have apps now mm-hmm. that people use, I've used, mm-hmm. that help you and there's guided meditation. Some people yeah. like sound, some people like voices. You know, there's all of that. Mm-hmm. But Again, I you know I'm 48, so I probably can argue and say I've been doing this for 38 years or so because I was around 10 when I remember my parents saying like, you know, my dad be like, go put yourself at rest. And I'm like, what? Like this doesn't make sense. And then the other side of that, which I'm definitely guilty of, because as you can hear, I like quiet spaces. So oftentimes, quiet spaces means like the middle of the night. <laughs> right Mm-mm. people are i think more fans of the middle of the night than early mornings because yeah. it's easier to stay up till midnight than to wake up at 4 a.m true so i i'm guilty because i tend to try to i don't try but like i i, I like staying up late because mm-hmm. it gets quiet and I, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that and i get to think and feel sure but i think equally important as being able to meditate is my new understanding of sleep (laughs) and making sure that you are rested because yeah all of us know when you're tired how that feels and one can you know look to research that suggests that based on being uh exhausted can be equivalent to being intoxicated and you know on some type of drug or alcohol Mm-hmm. And people don't think of lack of sleep that way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. But I can remember sometimes, you know, and you know, college students and yeah. people in the business world. We all know, like everybody waits for the last minute to do something, and then you got to pull an all nighter, and you're mm-hmm. absolutely exhausted, and you mm-hmm. fall asleep at the stop sign or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the stoplight. I mean, things, yeah. dangerous stuff, you know. So dangerous. Mo- new mothers who fall asleep with the baby in their hand, mm-hmm. you know, because you're just exhausted. So. Yeah. You know, I'm forcing myself 
to go to sleep early. Better rest, yeah. And you know, you're not. It's not going to be a perfect thing again because I love the night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just love it, and it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning is just beautiful to me. Like you know, yeah. it's just silent. Nobody's yeah. moving. It's yeah. just, and I'm able to get so much done. Yeah. You know, but I have a life where, you know, you I, have to be up to do the right. other stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. my, my, yeah. my son is four, my daughter's nine, you know, you yeah. gotta do stuff. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I but I really enjoy those quiet spaces. So being able to make quiet spaces is important and, and being able, you know, to meditate, clear your mind, clear yeah. your thoughts and listen. And when I get away from it, I, I'm a different person and I know it. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, mm-hmm. and I'm like, damn it, I got to get back to yes. the things that I know that make Works. me the best person I can exactly. be. Exactly. It's a true it's hack. A true, it's a true hack. You know, I mean, ask anybody who's tired, how you doing today? You're like, man, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right? You don't want to hear anything. You mm-hmm. don't want to hear anything from anybody. You're just like annoyed, right? Because yeah. you're tired. You're people yeah. are really tired, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I really stress and, and young folks, especially, you know, get their rest. As you hear, I work with a lot of athletes. Sure. You know, we, we used to take naps, you know, we, like, mm-hmm. what college kids, you know, mm-hmm. take naps. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're, when you're competing at such a high level and demanding so much of your body physically. The recovery uh, is key. Recovery is key, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. it's key, key, key. So yeah. anyway, that's my hack. It's okay. All right. It's a secret, but I do have some, you know, tips, I think, and books and articles, whatever, you know, that I go to 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 read more about these topics. My favorite one right now is Outlive. I don't know if you're familiar with Outlive. Uh, Dr. Atiyah. Yeah, I'm reading that book now on longevity. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. It changed my life. I mean, he he has a whole chapter or section where he talks about sleep and rest uh, with similar comments that I just made in terms of, you know, just being, you know, people just say, uh, hey, Kai, you know, you get some rest. I'm like, whatever. You sleep when you die, you know? Like, that was. <laughs> it's like, no you know, more. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, sleep. What's sleep? You know, yeah. New York, New York never sleeps. Like, you know, it was like a badge of honor to, like, not sleep. Yeah. You know, to be up yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. People say to me, like, man, you're always up. You're always up. But now I'm like, nah, you got to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that rest. Take that. Rest. that. That will be in the show notes, folks. So, so speaking of, let's talk about the Kai that's not the worker or the coach or the uh, the leadership guru. So, who are you when you're not doing those things? And I like to ask if you're a reader, a watcher, or a listener. And what are some of your favorite reads, watches, or listens? So, yes, I, I like to think that as I shared, I am. All those things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, of course. <laughs> I, I, I feel blessed to be able to do what I love and, and be who I am for a living. Yes. I don't really like see it as separate. And people talk about work-life balance. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't see that, right? Yeah. Because now I understand, you know, screen time or, you know, amount of time, time where you're yeah. at the... De- yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. needs to be balanced. But yeah. one, you know, when I'm thinking about life, right? I think of my mind, my body, and my soul, mm-hmm. right? And everything I do, I'm working on those three things at all times, right? You know, so for my mind, you know, I have mentors. I talk to mentors. I have coaches. I read books. I'm not really into TV anymore. P- yeah. Part of it is, you know, I love having a family. I love 
having children of my own. I started a little later. As you can hear, I have a four-year-old and a nine-year-old. So, you know, I'm going to be the 50-year-old dad in the kindergarten classroom soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely adore, like, you know, spending time with them. Mm-hmm. And not having an agenda, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. not like we're going to go to the movies or like just sure. hanging out, just like, hanging just out, yeah, hanging out, yeah. So, like, I love that. So, as much as I'm out and you know I'm having fun, I'm at the Drake concert and all that type of stuff. When I go home, I got this like I, I like being home. Like, if I yeah. if I'm out doing my my sports and entertainment and education stuff, like I I love that. Yeah, but. Other than that, I love being home. And sometimes sure. the kids are like, oh, you know, what are we going to do? And I'm like, what do you mean? We're doing it. Like, this is it. <laughs> you know? And then you yeah. know, it's like, no, they want to go out. And I'm like, who would want to go out? Like, <laughs> we're home. <laughs> Uh, so, so I'm the type of person who, you know, I go out on a Monday night, but on the weekends, like, You're I don't want to be out. Like, sure. I don't want to be out. And part of the reason I transitioned back to the consulting life is because I like to be able to drop yeah. my kids off to school in the morning or pick yeah. them up or go to their school play, you know, and, yeah. and for my life at the age they are right now, like I mm-hmm. really love that flexibility. So, mm-hmm. you know, mine is, is, is that, you know, the, the books I do, I'm big on audio books now okay, yeah. um, because I can get through them quicker. And if exactly. I really like it, then I buy it. The hard right, copy. right. I like to right, get exactly. the book and start like making notes. Yeah, making exactly. Notes Do that second like round. Textbook, yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Um. So so I did outlive on my audio book, and then I was yep. like, oh my god, I gotta buy this book. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so then I then I go through it a little deeper. Um. And so then the body part, you know, being an athlete, I'm constantly, mm-hmm. and you know, I also married a fitness mm-hmm. owner. Mm-hmm. It's a fitness business, so you know taking care of our body in terms of yeah. what you eat and yep. sleep and, yep. and working out uh, is something that we're always going to do. You know, we go hiking, we play tennis, I run, of course. And then during the pandemic, I picked up road biking. Ah, uh, so I've okay. been, you know, I remember coming home saying, oh yeah, I rode 10 miles and I was all proud of myself. And <laughs> now if I ride less than 25, I don't even consider it a ride. Oh, that's real road riding. <laughs> so yeah. I do yeah. like 25, 40, 60 mile road bike rides. Okay. Um, I did New York to Philly ride twice. Nice. Wow. Um, okay. So, okay. so like I ride, you know? Yeah. And so I can take an audio book and go out for three right. hours. Right. And- and be halfway through a book. And and yeah. I'm going mind and body at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. And and I would argue that it's soul also, right? Because for yeah. me, soul is spiritual. Yeah. And I'm at peace when I am out running with audio book in my ear, like yeah. by myself. Like, this yeah. is it. Like, yeah. this is it, you yeah. know? So, yeah. so I try to blend <laughs> them all together and make, like I said, like make that my life. It's not that I have to like, oh, I got to go work out tomorrow. It's like, no, like working out is part of my life. It's part of what I do, you know, and I encourage people and I try again to do this and I'm not perfect, but you create the perfect week, right? Or the perfect month and you write it down. Like if things Mm -hmm. go perfectly, what would you do when you wake Mm -hmm. up? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the days you would go running? What are the days, you know, so I write out the perfect week and then I go back and look and see how close I got to perfect. Right. Mm. Oh, I said I was going to run four times this week. Oops. Only ran once. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't beat myself up about it and think it's the end of the world. You what I do that. is I say, OK, that's 25 percent. You know, one out of four is 25. The next week, let's try to hit, you know, 100 or let's try to hit 50. You know, right. it's better, better right. than 
one, but also I don't beat myself up. I say, okay, well, next week I can I got another chance to do sure. it again, you right. know, or tomorrow exactly. I got another chance to do it again. Exactly. Uh, so I take things in smaller chunks. There's a great book called The Twelve Week Year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Twelve Week Year. Yeah, it's a it's a business strategy book on how to chunk your life into twelve weeks instead of a year. And mm-hmm. and the famous example is a lot of people make these new year's resolutions mm-hmm. and say oh i'm going to work out again i'm going to read more books i'm going to be a nicer person whatever it is and one what happens is it lasts for about four to six weeks right yeah. so it starts in january and then by february you're done mm-hmm. your your membership is expired <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing that happens is people then wait Right. So if you make a New Year's resolution, you started in January and you're already off it by March. People don't go again and make that resolution until the next January. Right. Exactly. So you got all these months in between. So by Mm -hmm. by chunking things into 12 weeks, you know, the the teaching is that every 12 weeks is a year. Right. So every 12 weeks. I'm like recycling my goals. Mm. And and if I didn't, if I say, okay, this year I'm going to run, you know, uh, 70% of the year, but I can look at that 12 weeks and see, oh, well, how much did I run in these 12 weeks? Mm-hmm. Is it on pace to be 70 or is it, or is it 30, you know? Right. And and, yeah. and you can take that data weekly yep. uh, and daily. It, it gives you more drive to get things done, right? Sure. If you're thinking, oh my God, I only got 12 weeks. When right. you think you have 12 months, what does everybody do? They wait till November and December yep. and yep. get all their sales in for the year. Mm-hmm. You know, you do your taxes, mm-hmm. you do your auditing. Everybody rushes at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something in us humans that we, you know, we want to make the deadline. We want to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So make your deadline closer. That's right. all. Yeah. yeah. Make yeah, your like deadline that. closer. Yeah. So, so that's really when I'm good at doing that, you know, and, and it's a great book and they, you know, of course they do trainings and conferences and all that stuff. But if you read the book, you'll get it. Right. And, and if you're serious about it, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so mm-hmm. when I'm good and I'm serious, I'm, I'm, I'm unstoppable with, yeah. st- with my goals because yeah. you're one, you're measuring it. Exactly. Right? And that's the one mm-hmm. thing I love about sports also, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the game, you can look and see how many shots you missed, right? Mm-hmm. You took 20, you made 12, that means you missed eight. Right. The data is right there, right? It's right in your face. And so you get that immediate feedback, right? If I go out and run, I can start the watch. And when I finish, I hit stop. It tells me exactly how far and how fast, right? Mm-hmm. There's no hiding in between there. Mm-hmm. I ran 5K, it took me 22 minutes, and that's what it what is, it is. <laughs> right so so then i if i have a goal of running faster than 20 minutes well i gotta start doing something different work. then right exactly. I, you know it's not just like hey i'm just doing whatever yeah um so i typically read books that are those type of you know some people call them i guess self-help motivating yeah. type yeah. books yeah. I, I like those books um yeah. i also read a lot about Different leaders, you know, coaches. I mean, Coach Prime has everybody's attention right now, but I sure. love watching great leadership. There's a great book, um, Leadership, the Barack Obama Way, was one of my favorites. Um, okay. Again, you know, a great man. Talks about how he makes change happen, and it gives you some models and some techniques. Coach Wooden is another favorite. John Wooden, the famous basketball coach. Wooden's Leadership book is a favorite. And I just started getting into the person who trained Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, Tim Grover. 
he has a book called Relentless and another book called Winning. And those are books that I've been digging into just, you know, always sharpening mindset. It yeah. is what I tend to drift towards. Sure, and, and, exactly. you know, And also, like, I'm reading Steve Jobs' book, like, autobiographies on people who have done extraordinary, extraordinary mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are great. So those are some great tips, folks. So those will be in the show notes. Oh, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those will be in the show notes. And so, Kai, this has been so awesome. I really thank you for spending this time with me and sharing your story. It's really a beautiful story. And I see so much more that you're, you're primed to do in the coming years, months, 12 weeks. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just, October 1st starts my another 12 weeks for me. So. Oh, wow. Okay. I got to okay. I gotta get on it. <laughs> okay. We're almost there. So as we close up for today, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I mean, my favorite thing, like I shared was, or is connecting with people. Mm-hmm. So whoever's listening, I would love to hear from you. I would oh, love nice. to Good. connect with me on Instagram. I'm, okay. I'm all, that's, that's my social media preference. Sure. Connect with me there. I would love to see what you're up to. Learn from you, visit you. I love travel. Travel is a huge, huge bug of mine that I absolutely adore and learn from and create experiences, life experiences and opportunities from traveling. Nice. Uh, so, so I would love every single person who's listening, just say hi. That's it. You ain't got to say anything else. You this, okay. You know, a lot okay. of times, especially young kids, right? They're like, well, I didn't know what to say. You know, when they meet someone or they encounter someone like, well, I didn't I didn't know what to say. I didn't you know, I I couldn't think of like what I wanted. You know, if they meet a famous person or whatever, I'm like, just say say hello. How are you doing? Yeah. yeah, Like, just say hi. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Start there. And if it's more comes, like more comes. And if it doesn't. okay. but at least you said hello. Yeah. Say hi. You know, just connect with people. Um, So I'm always sharing my contacts. Okay. I haven't changed my phone number since I started teaching, partly because, you know, the kids still reach out. You know, they're Uh, 30 year old adults now. I know, right? (laughs) Can you (laughs) imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I would love to hear from everyone. Okay. (laughs) That's a challenge, listeners. Yes. Reach out. Reach out. The the, the information will be to you. And he said it. Kai Connects. That's very easy. KY Connects. All right, folks. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the podcast. You can catch us Tuesdays with new episodes at GlocalCitizensPod.com or wherever you get your podcast. Please do like, share, subscribe. Leave us a note. Reach out.